Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, I love it. What an amazing time in worship. And I just wanted to stop for a minute before we get into the word and just wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, I feel like Thanksgiving snuck up on us this year, at least for me in my heart it did, especially because it's felt like summer still for the last little bit. But I wanted to say how thankful that we are for you and how thankful we are to the Lord. I was just reflecting a month ago, one month ago was our first Sunday in this space. It feels like we've been here way longer, but one month ago, just before that, the week before, we had no idea where we were going to go. We had no space to go as a church. We had no place to meet and to gather together, and God did an incredible miracle. And here we sit one month in this incredible, miraculous provision of the Lord here in this building, and the beautiful people the Lord has brought. We're so thankful for all the people that he's bringing and he's brought in this season here in this place. So I just want to say, first and foremost, of my thankfulness to the Lord, for his provision and for all of you and just thankfulness to get to do life together and get to be a family together. So a happy Thanksgiving from us to you. Um, So in the last month, we've been in a series called Momentum. We've been looking at the practices and the disciplines and the different decisions that the early church uh, was making in those times and that we are continuing to be called to make those same choices and decisions and to, and to be devoted to these same practices today in order to see momentum in our lives and in the church today. And Pastor Ryan and Andrew have taken us through the things that they were devoted to. They were devoted to the truth of God's word. They were devoted to prayer, to worship, to gathering together as a community of believers. And now we're going to take it the next couple of months to kind of launch into what were the results of that momentum? What were the results of these devotion to those different disciplines and practices in in the early church? And we believe that God is doing the same thing today and here and now in Love City Church and really, truly across our nation, across the world, that there's momentum rising as God's people devote themselves to the truth of God's word, to prayer, to worship, to gathering together as his people. And so um, today I get to launch us into one of the results of that momentum. And one of the results we see in scripture that we're going to walk through this morning together is a boldness to sharing our faith. And so with considering that piece, the boldness to sharing our faith, we're going to watch a quick video, a testimony video together as we're reminded the incredible, incredible impact that a boldness to sharing our faith can have in someone's life. Let's watch this video together. Hi, my name is Amanda, and I have been a part of Love City Church for almost three years now. Um, When I was a little girl, my parents would share about their testimonies with Jesus with me. And so I grew up knowing about Jesus, but I didn't know him personally. When I was really little, they were hurt in the church and they left. And um, so we didn't read the Bible. I didn't go to church my whole life. And um, for a long period of time, I just was going down a really dark path. I um, was really lost and broken and trying to fill a void. I um, had a problem with drugs for a time. I was addicted to alcohol, to cigarettes. I tried to quit so many times I could never do it on my own. Um, And then I had a really dark two-year period where I had got out of a serious relationship. I lost my job. And so I was drinking heavily to fill the void. And one night in October of 2019, um, I was raped. 
And when that happened, I just felt like I had nothing to live for anymore. I became suicidal. I just felt so lost and broken and um, I just didn't want to be here anymore. And um, one month later, Pastor Stephanie was an ed assistant at my school. And so November 17, 2019, she had invited me and I came to church that day. And that day I had an amazing encounter with God that just completely transformed my life. I felt him just pour out his love over me. Um, in one instant, I just knew that he was the truth. He was who he said he is. And he is the only way, the truth and the life. I had been um, interested in astrology before. I had several huge books on astrology. I had Ganesh statues, um, Buddha statues. I thought it was loving to be open to all religions and that maybe there was truth in all of them. And I know now that that is such a lie and God's redeemed that part. He asked me to get rid of those things and um, yeah, he's just completely transformed my life. And uh, two weeks after I came to church the first day, I was baptized December 1st, 2019 and my parents came that day and they've been attending Love City Church ever since. They hadn't been to a church for 30 plus years. And now they're back and we're all in this church family, this amazing family. Even my family in Saskatchewan watch church online often now. And it's just been such an amazing journey in the last not quite three years of God completely redeeming my past, healing deep, deep wounds that I didn't think could ever be healed. He's broke off so much bondage, broke off so many chains. Um, I've been quit smoking for um, like two and a half years now um, and alcohol as well. I just, he's changed the desires in my heart and he's truly set my feet on a rock and just given me this new hope, this new joy, um, this new just love of life. I just could never imagine going back to my old life and I'm so thankful for everything he's doing and for this church family at Love City. I'm glad it's dark so I can't see Amanda's face because I think, oh, there she is. Her tears are flowing, and I know um, that could just preach all on its own this morning. Just the faithfulness of the Lord to have brought somebody who was so lost and so hurting and so broken. And one invitation, one step out of my comfort zone to share an invitation with her. And look how she was here leading worship this morning. Maybe some of you were like, whoa, that was her story. I had no idea. Here she stands so full of the Holy Spirit and so gifted and leading so well. And God did that. And just three years ago, he transformed her and took her out of the miry clay and set her feet upon a solid rock. And that's that's what we get to experience together. That's what he's calling each and every one of us to today in this place to step out, to begin to, to recognize that those disciplines that take us to a place of momentum, and he's calling us to be bold, to share our faith. And so I want to share from you, with you, as we continue in the book of Acts, we're going to look at Acts chapter 4. And I'll give you a little context before um, I begin to read in verse 29 of where we're at in this story. Okay, so here we have, we're, we're with Peter and John. And they, um, just before we read in, in verse 20, and don't, don't spoil it for them. <laughs> just before we read in Peter and John, I can't control my slides by myself, so Ryan's got to do it for me here. So anyways, I don't want to control my own slides. I don't know how to work technology. Um, <laughs> but Peter and John, here we find them, and they had, uh, they had 
they're seeing momentum in the church. The early church is just excited. God's moving, and they're beginning to go out and boldly share their faith. And in this, just before we read uh, where we're going to pick up, they had been on their way to a prayer meeting. Hello, devoted to prayer. Come on, let's give it up for Peter and John. And they shared boldly their faith, and they shared the name of Jesus with somebody along the way. And in doing so, got themselves into big trouble, found themselves in jail. And so can you imagine the, the murmurings of the church being like, oh, my goodness, we're supposed to boldly go share our faith, but look what happened to Peter and John. They're sitting in prison. They're being persecuted for doing the very thing that we're called to go forth and do. And so there's that. That's kind of where we find ourselves in the story. Then they're released from jail, and they're going back to another prayer meeting on their way. Come on. And <laughs> I love it. Come on. Let's pray a little bit more like they did in the early church. And here we find ourselves in verse 29. And it says, And now, Lord, take notice of the threats they have made, and allow us, your servants, to speak your message with all boldness. Reach out your hand to heal and grant that wonders and miracles may be performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, I love it, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't stop there. It says, then they preached the word of God with boldness. I think that's so important to recognize that they were afraid. They were being challenged in their faith. And with that, what did they do? They took that to the Lord in prayer. And they said, God, we're, we're a little bit afraid. We're a little bit nervous. Would you begin to pour out your spirit? Would you begin to strengthen us? And that's what the Holy Spirit, I believe, is doing now in our church, in the churches across our nation, like I mentioned, that he has been pouring out his spirit upon his believers. But, he, but the danger is, I think, is that we just stop there. We're like, ooh, I love this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It feels so good. This is great. We're seeing, we're seeing last week we saw somebody healed. Their shoulder was healed in the service. God is moving. He's healing. He's, he's transforming lives. People are finding Christ in this place, but it doesn't stop there. That empowerment of the Holy Spirit is not just so that we can enjoy that here in this place. No, our mandate now, the momentum that comes from that is to go now to boldly preach the word of God with boldness. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, I want to kind of look at two components of what I believe are the, are the challenges that we face as we consider this bold step of faith to go out and boldly begin to share our faith. And the first one I want to look at is the act of simply just going out and like being like, hey, want to come to church? The act of physically going out there, putting ourselves out there, getting past the awkwardness and the strangeness of, of all that, and just inviting an invitation, a simple invitation to, to Jesus or to church or, whatever, or to your small group or whatever that looks like or to your table. But I, I think it's important before we kind of look at that act of boldness, I think it's important first that we capture the very heart of Jesus for this matter. On our wall out there it says, um, oh my goodness, life is, life is short, eternity is real, people matter most, right? And so I think we capture that from these stories that we're going to read together in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 10, um, where Jesus begins to recount two stories, the very much the same message on both stories, I believe, because he was trying to say, like, guys, listen, this is really important to me. This is the very heart of why I came to this earth. Let's read these stories together. And, 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 and these stories that he's giving are a response to a grumbling and a complaining within those who already had knowledge of Christ and those who were already walking with him. This was a complaint to them being like, Jesus, why are you spending time with those sinners? Why are you spending time with people who don't have their life together? And this was Jesus' response to them. In Luke chapter 15, verse 1, it says, 
Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have not strayed away. And then he gives us another story. Again, reiterating his point. If Jesus is telling us this two times in two different ways, perhaps this is a, something we need to grasp onto. I love it. He says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Come on, I, when, I've been, when I was reading these stories and as I've been pondering, kind of heading into this part of our series of, of, of sharing our faith with boldness, and reading these stories and really capturing the very heart of Jesus and why he came to this earth and the very purpose that he came for you and for me was to seek and save those who are lost. And, I, and my heart has been, and my prayer has been, Lord, may that be what Love City Church is, a place where the lost Amen. are found. We yeah. see so clearly Jesus' heart depicted in this place. That, or in these stories, as, as the grumbling came from those who were like, but this is uncomfortable, and this is hard, and this is a little bit outside of my comfort zone, his resp response was not one of, of, of rejection, but was one of hope and searching and, yeah. and finding and doing everything possible to make a place and to find a way to get back that one, leaving everything else that was already settled and good and, and, and on track to go after and sacrifice all that he was to go after the one so that they can have hope, so that they can have the life that he knows that every one of us is searching for and longing for in our hearts. And I love this reminder that Jesus places an incredibly high value on those who are lost. Luke 19.10, we're reminded, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus gave it all so that we all could be saved. Not just, I think sometimes even in my mind, I think I consider like, new people who have yet to find Jesus, but, but let us not forget that we were once lost. And we were all in that place where we once were without Christ, and Christ came to seek and save us and to bring us into relationship with him, and we were all once in that place. A reminder that in 1 Corinthians six eleven it says, Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And so my heart is for those of you in the room today who have yet to say yes to relationship with Jesus, I pray that this story would bring a hope to your heart to say, man, Jesus really loves me. This Jesus that you guys are talking about, man, he really has a plan for my life. And I, I, I pray that this draws you and, and, and a desire percolates in your heart to say yes to walking with Jesus. 
And for those of us in the room today who have walked with Jesus for a long time, I pray that this is a fresh reminder of the very importance of what Jesus came to do and that if that was his heart and that's what he gave his all to do, that that is also our hearts. And that's been my prayer and that's been my desires. Lord, if this was your heart, if this is what you came to do, let it be mine too. Because how easy would it have been to just be like, got my 99 I'm only missing one like that's a pretty great ratio like no big deal just let it go and I'll just keep hold of the 99 or hey I've got nine coins but one being lost like no big deal that's fine I still have nine that's that's still like lots of money but no Jesus gave us these stories as a reminder that just we meet we are called to stretch out of our comfort zones to go beyond our, our what we desire in our own hearts what's comfortable what's safe and just to say Lord I'm saying yes with my whole heart to saying yes to what you are calling me to, to what you are asking of me, not in my own desires, but whatever it is you want me to do, God, my whole heart, my full response is yes to you, Jesus. And I believe that the journey, part of the journey to experiencing that really bold external boldness to be able to share our faith, because maybe some of you are like super bold people and you have um, bubbly personalities, but that's not all of us in the room. And maybe for you just to like ask somebody to come to church with you or even just to like sit with you at lunch room, at, at work, whatever, that's like a big, that's like, oh, hard already. I don't know about you, I used, like lunchroom, like thank you, Jesus, that Amanda was sitting there and she was a nice lady to talk to. But lunchroom at work is sometimes like the most awkward place you could ever ever find yourself. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> uh, thank you for whoever whooped back there. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it's, there's something I believe before we can step into that external boldness that there's actually an internal searching that we must all do, an internal place that we need to kind of evaluate our response in our decision in our own hearts first that actually propels us into an even greater external boldness in our faith and, and sharing our faith with others. I believe it's, we have to come to a place where it's a complete committed surrender to the Lord, where we're saying, God, I give you every part of who I am. I give you the really great parts. I give you the really not so great parts, the highs and lows, everything in between. I'm surrendering all of that to you. I believe we need to come to a place first where we're totally surrendered to the Lord, where we say, God, I accept first your forgiveness towards me. And I fully allow your grace to wash over me and forgive me. Forgiving ourselves sometimes is probably some of the, one of the hardest pieces to do first. And then also allowing that forgiveness to take place where we are forgiving others for the hurt that they have done to us. And also extending forgiveness towards those we have also hurt. I believe that that is a huge component to be able to truly accept who God is in our own lives, that that propels us into that external boldness. I believe it's a laying down of our own desires and putting the needs of others first. That is a hard one. I don't know about you, especially in marriage sometimes. I love my husband, but whoo, laying down your own desires and needs <laughs> to serve. I mean, it starts in your home first, and then it spills forth in every other part of our, of our lives. <laughs> it's also an open invitation for the prompting of the Holy Spirit to help us in every conversation, because I love, and I'm so thankful that it says this in Luke 12, verse 12, that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. Because I don't know about you, but I, I, I remember, like, 
early on in my walk with the Lord, I was so afraid to share my faith because I thought for sure somebody was going to ask me a really hard Bible question and I was not going to know the answer to it. And therefore, I should never even invite somebody or have a conversation about God because I for sure would not be able to respond correctly and they would stump me and then, then the whole thing would just be embarrassing. And I remember those thoughts and being like, I can't share until I know more. I can't share until I've gotten myself more put together. And I believe that that is so far from the truth that the enemy wants to try and silence us. But what we're actually called to do is invite others in an, into an invitation in our lives to say, hey, I don't have it all together, but I know that because Luke 12, 12 says that the Holy Spirit will give me the words when I need them, that I'm just going to boldly share and I'm going to boldly invite and I'm going to trust <laughs> In the Lord, not in my own strength, but I'm going to trust by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, like we read in Acts chapter 4, that the Holy Spirit was empowering them, and then they went out in boldness and preached. And so we have to trust and believe that he's going to be with us. He's going to give us those words and, those, and, and the right response in that moment. And truly, I believe, an invitation to those to say, hey, come with me on this journey of, of knowing Christ. I don't have it all figured out first, and then you follow me. No, it's saying... Come as I figure this out too. Come and let's search that answer together. I don't also know the answer to that, but let's find it together. Let's go on this journey of discovering the truth of God's words together. I believe too that there's a, there's a call upon our lives to, to be open and vulnerable like Amanda did this morning in that video to say, hey, this is what Christ redeemed me from. This is what he set me free from. Why would people want to give all that they are to a God if he's not transforming and moving and doing mighty things in your life, right? And so we have the mandate, we have the opportunity to say, hey, come along with me. Look at what God is doing in my life. It's not perfection. I've not reached that place, nor will we ever until we are with him in heaven, but we are on a journey. And I believe that there's a power to inviting people on that journey with us and, and, and accepting the truth of what God has done in our life. And, and I think sometimes too, I don't know about you, maybe this is just all me this morning, but sometimes I think like maybe somebody else already shared it with them and I'm just being pushy at this point And I don't know, it's a little bit awkward. And um, you know, you just can begin to doubt, like, is, is this the right time? Maybe I should wait, like, one more week, and then I'm going to share it. But I believe we're reminded in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to 7, Paul says this, I planted the seeds in your hearts, and Apollo swatted it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. Thank you, Jesus. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Okay, but that doesn't take the onus off of us because God cannot grow that which has not been planted. The Great Commission is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, right? And so it's our mandate. God has asked us to partner with him. It's a partnership. What a beautiful invitation into a partnership with the Lord to say, hey, will you begin to go plant? Will you begin to go water? doesn't matter if you get it in the wrong order or like whenever it happens. That's what it says. It doesn't matter. It's not important, but just do it. Try it. Do something. And then God says, and then I'll take care of the rest. But I need you to help me in this partnership. I need you to be planting. I need you to be watering and not to be shy but to share our faith boldly with confidence and to declare what he saved you from what he redeemed you from okay so now that we're to the point of like okay we've shared our faith whoo that was really hard I don't know you mean there's more oh my gosh there's more okay <laughs> okay so we've shared our faith but I think if we go back and look at our original text for this series in Acts chapter 2 we see that 
the boldness and the sharing our faith, that's really important and we need to do that. But then also just as equally important and just as equally challenging is the boldness now to open our hearts and our lives to invite those that God is bringing to our church family. We need, I mean, every single person in this place today say, okay, I will now open my heart and my life. I will be on the phone. I will be bringing meals. I will do whatever it takes to bring these people into a life-giving godly family of believers that can support them because let's be honest life is not done well alone that's not was that was never God intent his intention his intention was for us to be part of a family to be part of a church family where we can learn and grow and be supported by one another so let's read Acts chapter 2 verse 41 to 47 together um, and this has been our springboard from this series together so it says those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Come on. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Come on, read that part with me together. Let's say it together. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Each day. Each and every day, there was new people showing up. Each and every day, there was new believers who didn't understand all the ways of what God was calling them to that were showing up and saying, hey, I want to say yes to Jesus. I have no idea how this works, but we're showing up and we're saying yes, and they were being added yeah. each and every day. And so I believe we're in a season, we're in a time where we are seeing God doing that in this place. If you look around the room, you may think, man, I don't know half the people in this place, even though I've been coming to this church for the last five years or three months or one year, whatever it may be. It's because God's doing that very thing oh, here man. in this place. He's adding to our church those who are being saved. He's adding people each and every day, each and every week. And you may think, man, that is exciting. But then there's also challenges that come with that. And I don't know about you, there's challenges to, to, to growth. There's challenges to being stretched outside of our comfort zone. And yet the challenge of that result, if we say yes to that challenge, the result is salvation for those who would have otherwise spent an eternity without Christ. When we read back, we see that their devotion to Christ came and, 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 and it began to spur momentum and they were boldly sharing their faith and it meant that new people were being added every day, more and more, every day, every day. It doesn't say it stopped. And how did they continue that momentum? Well, they continued them to say, okay, you're brand new. This is what we do. We pray, we worship, we read God's word, we seek his face, we're fellowship together as community. How will they know what to do if we don't invite them into that journey together? And I remember a story about this with with Laura here. Um, if you don't know Laura, she's an amazing lady. And uh, her, our kids went to school together. And I remember um, kind of like, you know, shyly being like, hey, yeah, we have a church. You should come to it sometime. And, you know, on and on with those conversations for a while until finally she's like, yeah, I'll come. And, you know, you get that sometimes. You're like, okay, somebody said they're coming, but will they actually show up on Sunday? I'm not sure. But they came. 
She came with her whole family, and they rededicated their lives to the Lord as a family. And I remember saying to her, like, oh, my gosh, so excited. That's so exciting. And you're like, whew, I did it. I invited somebody to church. They came, check. Did it off my list. Like, the, the pastor is like somebody else. And then you're like, oh, we're the pastors. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So now what do I have to do? But I, but I want to challenge that thought because I don't think it's just for the pastors. I think it's for all of us in this place today. But I remember saying to Ryan, like, but they're still, like, struggling, babe. Like, I still see them going back to their old ways. And I still see them not kind of catching what, what, what I believe God has for them. And then the Holy Spirit began to convict my heart. And he said, Stephanie, how, like, how will they know unless you invite them into this journey with you? How will they know what to do unless you begin to invite them into your home and invite them over for supper and call them on the phone and take them out for coffee and pick their kids up for church and do all the things. How will they know unless you invite them into this family? They're new to this. They don't understand. They don't know. And they cannot experience the full measure of what they have for them until they are welcomed fully into this family. And so I remember we, it was uh, wintertime and we invited them to Heritage Park. That was our first hangout time with the sites outside of, you know, school things. And I, uh, we invited them, and we went on a snowy day, and then we got hot chocolate after at McDonald's. And I remember that was the beginning of a journey where now we do life with the sites. We hang out. Our kids are friends. We do life together. We love the sites. And, they, and we've seen God do an amazing, incredible work in their life. But, it, it, but they would have never known that unless we actually opened our hearts. And i got to be honest with you. Sometimes I know, like, life is busy, and you're like, whoo. I've already got a full schedule. My kids' sports, my their agenda, their schoolwork after school, picking up, or my work, man, I'm working late hours and things are busy and like I just don't really have time to add another person to that circle and to that sphere. And I believe that that's just a challenge in all of our hearts, especially here in North America, to say, hey, I'm going to open up my home. I'm going to make that phone call. I'm going to bring that meal. I'm going to step out and invite that person to come and join my group or to come and join my family for supper one night or whatever it looks like. It's, it, it requires a challenge, a step for all of us to say, hey, we're going to make more spaces in our kids' class. We're going to add more services to this space because we believe God is adding more and more people in this place. There's momentum building. The church is growing, and we all have to make that commitment together to say yes, a full yes in our heart to say, God, if you are doing something and this is your heart, which we see so clearly in scripture that it is, may it be my heart too. May you give me the capacity to grow and to make space for those who you're adding. I, I remember just before Ezra was born, um, super pregnant with him and trying to finish. I was working on my, um, to, to complete my psychology degree and I, I, I was going to school and had a toddler Brea was there with her little blonde pigtails and we were, I was working part time and then we were youth pastoring at the church and man, life was full and I remember one night I was studying for a final exam and we had these little glass double doors and she stood at the glass double doors with her little hands pressed against the glass and she was crying because she wanted to be with me but I couldn't because I needed to study like I was not going to barely pass that exam and I needed to study and I remember just crying with her being like this is this is too much. How on earth? I can't even manage this right now. How am I going to add another baby to this? How am I going to add and make space and make room for one more person when I feel like I'm not doing great at already what the Lord has provided for me? And yet, ready or not, he came. <laughs> Just like babies do, he came. But I remember the moment that they laid him on my chest. And I just instantly fell in love 
And I just knew, like, in that moment that God gave me the capacity and the grace to love yet another human being, to make space for him. We didn't have a very big house, and so we actually turned our master closet. We ripped out all our clothes and made a little bed for him in there because we didn't have space for him in our house, but we made a little spot for him. And by God's grace, he began to give Brian and I the capacity to, to do toddler life and potty train and also do newborn life and, and to look after both and, and financially provide for both and to care for them and to see them raised up and grown to maturity who now my son sits at the back and runs all the words and all the screens and all the things and he teaches in Sunday school and he's, and he's discipling those in his youth group together. He didn't start out mature. We got him as a newborn baby who knew nothing, could do nothing for himself. And we, I love that, that the Lord gives us the grace. The Holy Spirit empowers us to now go boldly and to share our faith and boldly open up our hearts and our lives to say, come and be a part of what we're doing and let us see you now grow to a place of maturity so that you can turn around now and welcome those who are new to the family and to say, hey, come on along with me. I was once in your place too, but there's, come on, it's going to be so good. Come to my house. Come and be a part of this life that God has provided for us, this family, this incredible church, and let's do this together. Because just even as um, there's some of you that are single moms in the room, but the Lord never intended for you to do it on your own. That's hard. That's hard. If a baby comes and you are left on your own to just care for them on your own, that's not what God intended. He intended for a whole family to do it together. You know it takes a village to raise a child. It takes the same thing here in our church. It takes all of us. Not we. Ryan and I can't do it on our own. Our pastoral staff, our lead team, we cannot love and pastor every single person in this church on our own. It takes every single one of us in this place to say, hey, you know what? I'll make room in my agenda. I'll make room in my home. I'll make room at my table. I'll make room for some extra phone calls, some extra meals to make an invitation to say, come and be a part of this family. Let me help you to grow to maturity so that you can then go around like Amanda and turn around and begin to lead worship here in this place. She didn't start this way. She started coming broken and hurting, and the Lord began to restore her as all of you, many of you in this place, began to welcome her into your lives and your home. And look what the Lord has done, and I believe that is what he's doing. I believe that's what he's calling us into his hour, in, in this hour, but let's not fool ourselves into thinking that this is an easy journey. This takes and requires a laying down of our own agenda, our own personal comfort zone, and to say, God, I say yes to you. So with every eye closed and every head bowed in this place today, I want to make an invitation for two things this morning. First, if you're in this place today and you hear this story about a God who leaves the 99 and searches after the one, you're saying, whoa, he loves me that much. Yeah, he does. And today... In this place, I want to give you an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus and you have yet to say yes to saying, you know what? I believe he is the son of God and I believe in him and I want to live my life for him. If you have yet to make that decision, I want to encourage you this morning with every eye closed and every head bowed to just slip your hand up for me this morning. Whether you're online or you're in the overflow or you're here in the auditorium, I just want to know who I'm praying for that says, yeah, I want a life with Jesus. I want a life with a God who will do everything to search after me and to love me and to save me and joyfully welcome me back into his, into his family. So if that's you today, our ushers will be looking around. If you're in the overflow, if you're online, send us a message. We'd love to reach out to you. If you want to say yes to Jesus, we want to give you that opportunity today. Come on. Thank you, Lord. 
And if you're in the place today too, still with every head bowed, and you want to say, God, I'm saying yes to you again, not for the first time in salvation, but saying yes to the challenge of boldly sharing my faith, to boldly opening up my life and my home and my comfort zone to those who have yet to encounter a life-giving relationship with you. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you are in this place today and you're saying, you know what? I commit, Pastor Stephanie. I want to I wanna say yes to opening my home. Would you raise your hand in this place today? I commit yes. I will open up my life. I will lay down my own agenda. I will lay down my own comforts to say to make room for more and more people to find Christ in this place. Come on. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. For every hand that was raised to commit yes to you for the very first time. For every hand that was raised to say yes to you, Jesus. To have a response to say, yes, God, I will give of myself. I will open my home. I will lay down my life. I will give up my seat for those who have yet to have an encounter with you. Who have yet to have an opportunity for a life-giving relationship with you. We thank you for those yeses in this place today, oh God. And we thank you, Lord God, that when unity together as a church with every member saying yes to committing to what you have called them to, Lord God, that we are going to see mighty things in this place. We thank you, Lord God, that you are just beginning to do a mighty work, that they, we call them in every lost person, Lord God. We declare that this would be a place where the lost are found, that we call them in from the north and the south and the east and the west, Lord God. You've placed us centrally in this city, not on accident, I believe, oh God, but for this time and this season, Lord God, as you are drawing hearts, you're drawing lives, you're drawing people here to find hope, to find life, to find you, Jesus. And so we open our hearts, Lord God. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say, would you have your way in us? Would you have your way in this place, oh God? We thank you, Jesus, that you are good and you are sovereign. And we declare that you reign over all. In Jesus' name, let's sing this song together. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.